Hey everyone, it's Peter Rosenberg from Cheap Heat. Join me and the fearless, physically large stat guy, Greg, and of course, Super Agent 35 under 35, Dipperstein, as we tackle the biggest stories in pro wrestling each and every week. To hear us, follow the Ringer Wrestling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other. Oh, yes, we've done it. We're back, baby. This is Fairway Road. The golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my birdie buddies, my par saving pals, my eagle enthusiasts. How about Hideki Matsuyama speaking of? Eagle enthusiasts, it's Woo! so good to be back. 2022, the calendar has flipped. Two golf events have taken place. Two very classy winners. I have on the line, as is our way, two very classy gentlemen from the Ringer Podcast Network here to help us sort out the wonderful world of golf. Of course, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, boots on the ground, Nathan Hubbard is here. Nate Dog, And our... Beloved golf gambling degenerate. You know him from <laughs> all of the many walks of life across the NFL platform, the football platforms, and the Darren Rebell platforms. Kevin mm. Clark. Hi, buddy. Hey, buddy. Excited to get started. Here we go. So two events already in the books in 2022. The first tee is wide open. Uh, there's going to be a three ball. The three of us are going to walk over. Here we go. Throw a peg in the ground. Bang, we're off. Two very classy winners. 
a wonderful opportunity in front of us this whole year? Is it a return to normalcy? Is it a, another year of, of, of crazy? I can't wait to jump into it. Kev Clark, let's start with you. How are you feeling about 2022, the golf season so far? I feel good. And I feel that the first two events, like you said, classy winners so far, they kind of reset my brain in as much as that. I, I think that there's this list of guys. We've talked about the parody for the past two years on the show, but I think there's this list of guys where I'm like, oh, these guys can win every week. And then Cam Smith wins and then Matsuyama wins. And I go, oh, wait, those guys are on the list too. The list is huge. The list is huge. Like that. that's why when I think about kind of bottom of the end, tour players. I mean, it just feels like it's harder than ever to win a PGA tour event at any point because of the consistency of these guys, because of the ball striking, because of how good these guys are. The barrier for entry right now to be a good golfer is so freaking high. And this early season, when guys who, who are on that list uh, that we weren't even thinking about, it's not Victor Hovland. It's, you know, it's not Justin Thomas, whatever it's Hideki Matsuyama. Like, Oh, by the way, he won the masters last year. So I feel amazing about it because I think that just kind of talent-wise, 1 through 20, this is as good as maybe we've ever seen as far as depth of the tour. 1 through 20, maybe 1 through 50. Nate yeah, Dog, let, sure. me, let me welcome you in and ask you, is this the end of the long shot? Like, we are this week, you know, back in the United States, continental U.S., we're in uh, Palm Springs for the Amex, uh, an event that has lots of long shots who have won. But to Kev's point, the field is so darn deep these days. Are we are are, are long shots over a thing of the past? Well, first of all, Mark Hubbard is first alternate, so really hoping somebody withdraws in the next forty eight hours in Palm Springs. But here's what it is for me, House. We had an unprecedented streak of week after week after week after week of golf that started during the pandemic. We got the super season, the wraparound. Mm -hmm. Don't be nasty, what, you know, whatever you want to call it. But now we have an incredible crop, as Kev outlined, of players who are really coming back in their prime after the first period of rest in almost two years. Hideki just won. We had Cam Smith won. It, most wins by any player under 30. Here's the list. You ready? Thomas at 14, Spieth at 12, Hideki and Bryson at 8, Cantlay and Rahm at 6, Morikawa at 5, Berger at 4, Smith at 4, Shoffley at 4. That is a murderer's row of young guys who just got the first extended period to go to Baker's Bay to really work on something for an extended period of time before you have to put it into play competitively. And the golf that we saw at Kapalua, I know the course was not in this best. I know the wind was not up but they fucking annihilated the scoring records, I think is, is really a signal of what lies ahead in this season. We have the best and deepest crop of golfers that we've ever had who have been trained using all sorts of technology, who have, who have come up in ways that the old generation doesn't, and they have their first rest, and it's going to be a slugfest. Yeah, one thing I love about comparing Kapalua to Wiley is it basically just translates to a difference in, in what is par. <laughs> Wiley yeah. is par 70. Right. Kapalua was par 73, mainly to accommodate the win. I think the scores were like 257 to 258. They all, right. in, you know, they were very comparable. They were really be good. Because of the difference in par. But yes, both outstanding scores. And, you know, it it took scores in the six, low 60s 
to to win this thing. And that's that's just kind of it feels like, you know, the the new normal. Maybe it's been a normal that's been around for a while. Um, well, look, we did our last show. We wrapped up the season coincident with uh Sea Island, the RSM. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since then, not a ton of stuff has happened, but a few things worth mentioning uh since we've been gone. So a couple of things I want to just throw at at you boys. Uh Charlie Woods is the only Woods that's that's a golfing Woods at at the moment. Although yeah. it was very good to see Tiger Woods swinging a golf club in a kind of competition, even though it was made made for TV. You know, hit and giggle. Um, great to see the family kind of thing. Um, should we even talk about Tiger playing competitively again? Uh, Nate Dog, what do you think? No. Yeah, you know I've been consistent on this. You have I, been. You have been. I, I just hate it. I, I think that Tiger was there not for Tiger. He was there for Charlie Woods, and he yeah. put him in the same position that Earl put Tiger, which is let's get – but Tiger is more famous and has better access than Earl even did. Let's put him under the microscope. Let's put him in the spotlight. Maybe he's not a top 50 or 100 golfer in his age group, supposedly, but he's definitely going to have the best – mental strength of any kid in his age group because of what Tiger's putting him through. By the end of that tournament house, he was limping around worse than you and I when we did our little golf vacation in December together. And and that is saying something because we yeah, are old our limp, and we suck. Our limp didn't have anything to do with with the car crash, fortunately. That, exactly. So, I look, I want him to come back. I know you're going to convince me that maybe he's going to make an appearance at Augusta, but it sure looked like he was just out there for Charlie and still working through getting back the strength to compete with all those guys under 30 that we just talked about. Kev, is am I off on this? Like, is he going to play majors okay. and win them again? So seeing him out there in Orlando, to me, changed a little bit. And here's what I mean. The narrative around Tiger Woods has been when he was going to get old, he'd be gone. You wouldn't see him on a golf course, right? He wouldn't be, it almost like what, what Jack Nicholas was, which is, was he couldn't win golf tournaments at, at a high level anymore. He didn't want to play anymore. He'll go out there and he'll play. If he built you a course, he'll go out there for ceremonial events, but that's about it. You know, I remember he was on um, Faraday a couple of years ago, Jack Nicholas, and he just hit some crappy putt and he only didn't care. And Faraday looked at him and said, Hey, you would have made that if you actually actually cared, right? If you had to make that putt, you would have hit it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And it's like, those guys are wired like that, right? Like if they're, if they don't have, if nothing's on the line, they don't want to play. But, but I Mm. think this accident and the comeback that Tiger has had over the past year and a half has changed that. I think Tiger might want to go out there to Augusta and play crappy golf and be okay with that Ah. because of how far he's come. Because okay. he loves the game. Because the we never thought he could put weight on that ankle ever again. Gentleman's I think, take. I think that that in your mind, when you're sitting there uh, and saying, I'm never going to golf again, and then you get that gift back, I think your entire uh, wiring about how you view competitive golf changes. That's the only thing that's changed my opinion about Tiger's next 10 years. So he's going to soften. You don't have hopes for... Tiger Woods circa 2000 to come or, you know, the masters in 2019. That's not your bar. No, no, you no, think no, he's my... actually happy to just be out and be the f- figurehead and the icon of the game and show Charlie the way. I, I, I think he's done as a ultra competitive golfer. Yeah. I don't think he's done as a tournament golfer regularly because of what I just outlined. Great. House, we're happy if that's the case, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, and, and uh, so I I have a take that's in the same vein as as Kev's 
slight uh, modification. So I, I think if he shows up at Augusta, it will be for the purposes of honoring the tradition of the Masters, participating in the dinner, the Champions Dinner, and that kind of sure. thing. I I don't think he's physically capable of walking Teeing those hills. Off. No way. I just don't think he can. And I, I think he also respects the the Masters kind of too much to just come out there and limp around for the purposes of of, you know, just being out there. Um, I think it's much more likely that he will use the time he's already started using the time since December to build up the stamina, the what what he mm-hmm. needs to the kind of shape he needs to be in physically. He said it. I can't walk four rounds. It's not it's not reasonable for me to have that. I don't. What's think he circled on the calendar? The Open Championship um, at St Andrews. At St Andrews. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. that's seven months from from now, right? Okay. I mean, and and eight months from the event in December, um, just based on the progress that he made between the time of the accident and seeing him physically, you know, swing a golf club in December. It's, it's a, it's a goddamn miracle, right? Yeah. February of, of 2021 to December, 2021. Um, if the time frame that we're talking about for him to be in physical walking shape is, is, and, and also, competing at, at, at golf with swing speeds and stuff like that was one of the things that was such a revelation. Right. There was some swing speed there, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. wasn't a complete wipeout. He wasn't just arm swinging out there. Um, he was so, hurting by the end though. Well, God. sure, sure, sure. I mean, as, as you would expect, but if you're a glass half full kind of fella and a tiger truther, yeah, hand raised, then um, this summer, the open championship, the 150th anniversary so many stars in alignment um, for Tiger to to show up there and compete. Is, is there something there's something really surprising to me, Kevin, about how he has taken so many guys under his wing? The thing yeah. that, about the Charlie tournament was the closeness with the Thomas family. We just know so many stars, Michael Jordan and the rest, who really were not that way. They were threatened by the next generation, and they sure. didn't get as cozy to to the next ones in line. I, I've really been impressed with the ways in which he's actively mentored people. I think that, you know, part of it, Nate, and listen, you're, you're much closer to the PGA tour than I am. But one of the things in NFL locker rooms, at least is that the generation above kind of the air, the pre Aaron Rodgers generation is a good example. So Brett Favre, Favre yeah. famously treated Aaron Rodgers like crap. And Aaron Rodgers has for all his foibles is really great to Jordan love and was really huh. great to Scott Tolzien and Matt Flynn and all of these guys, because it really hurt him that a guy that he looked up to for a long time, Brett Favre, um, treated him like dirt. And and by the way, Favre and Rogers now have a good relationship. But that happens all over. And Montana there was this Young, real, yeah, there Brady, was this Jimmy real G. generational thing for a long time, um, where I, if there were basically, I, I I think that guys maybe because there there was less money in the game, uh, there was less job security. You know, stars didn't make a lot of money, and so they needed that you know get to year 11, 12, 13, that kind of thing. Um, it was just a little different. And I kind of feel like that generation was like, you know what? We're not going to do what those guys did. We're going to be a little more open. And I wonder if, you know, remember, you, you guys remember this. When Tiger got to to the PJ locker room, remember that interview? Um, was it Curtis Strange saying, yeah, you'll you'll learn. Like there was right. kind of a an old school resentment. mentality there. Uh, resentment, um, jealousy, whatever you want to call it. And I, I'm wondering if Tiger didn't internalize and say, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be nicer to to those pups when I see them. You know, it was interesting. Uh, Michael Bamberger had a great book a couple of years ago. In it, he, he mentioned that he was talking to some some grinder, some, you know, guy who lost his tour card a couple of times. And he said that Tiger 
loved the grinders. Tiger appreciated the grinders. And I do think that as a golf dork, and Tiger Woods is a golf dork, he appreciates a ton of things about the game. And even though he can be cold, he still deeply loves certain facets of the game. And guys with games he loves, like Justin Thomas, I think he's just going to naturally take under his wing. Well, and I, I think in addition to that, and I agree with everything you just said, there also has been a simultaneous like rise in team golf. We're now in this era where Ryder Cup and President's Cup, are. there's now a team golf event every year. And the right? match. <laughs> Don't forget the match. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the rise to prominence, the prevalence, the proliferation of team golf um, has coincided with, with um, Tiger's era and the, and the passing of the baton, as, as it were, right? And so he is the old head on those Ryder Cup teams, on, on those President Cup teams. He is a natural leader. Those guys all gravitate to him. They hold him, you know, in the highest regard, and he's been open to to playing that that leader kind of role over what feels like now going on. On I know he's been playing in these events for longer than ten years, but over the last ten years, you know, as he's sort of gone from his mid thirties into his mid forties, it feels like it's been natural to him. It doesn't feel forced to me. Um, what do you guys think about that? The role he had, I think, it was in twenty sixteen. Feinstein wrote that great book about it, where he was basically saying that when Woods was injured. And he threw himself into being an assistant captain. And there was, right. I think there was an anecdote that um, the, other, the other guys would start ignoring his phone calls because he'd be calling too often saying like, what do you guys think about this? You know, singles. And it would be like eight months out and they go, Tiger, relax. I kind of feel like he's <laughs> gone through enough experiences where he's thrown himself into that sort of thing, that sort of camaraderie. I think he likes it. I mean, he was, he was a very, very solitary figure when he came out into the tour. And the more experience he gets, not only on the Ryder Cup teams, um, but in leadership roles, the more I think he kind of likes it. Also, being a father opens up different emotional aspects. I mean, it, it makes sense that he's developing in, into the the golfer and the golf icon that he has. Yeah, that makes makes sense to me. All right, I feel like that's enough probably on on a guy that's not going to play um, more than three times. It doesn't seem <laughs> this upcoming year. I want to talk about a couple other things that came out, you know, between November and, and now. One of which was news about. This Netflix show, Netflix yeah. and um, Vox, uh, the PGA Tour is involved, but they're doing a a golf version of the Drive to Survive, mm -hmm. survive the wildly popular um, Formula One um, weekly weekly. Is it a weekly, Kev? Uh, no, they they bring it out all at once. The difference is in Formula One, they have a weekly or biweekly race, so they kind of are able to be with a different team. Each week, but no, they, they, it's all, it's like 10 episodes that they all put out at once. It's not weekly. Okay. So that, I, I think that's loosely the model that they imagine, um, for this Netflix show. And, and they put it out, they put it out on the eve of the, of the next season. So, yeah. So, so then you get the drama we're probably that you get those storylines some ways away. It's if, if we're taping, you know, over the course of the 2022 yeah. season, the earliest we might hope to see this is what at the early part of 2023 after yep. New Year's. Yep. If they if so, they do the drive to survive model, you're looking at, at, at February at the earliest, probably. So two important aspects to this that took my skepticism and, and is creating more of an open mind for, for me. Uh, the, there's been an announcement that the PGA Tour is relinquishing editorial control, which I, I'm I'm 
I'm very glad first to time hear ever. it. Let, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> other that... than this pod, it's the first time they've ever not had control over. <laughs> let's let's see. And then the other thing is like the all in of all of the governing bodies, um, including Augusta and the access that they seem inclined to provide the RNA for sure. The USGA, I trust them. Um, Augusta is, is also saying that they're going to, you know, pro provide kind of all access that all by itself is, is very neat. Um, Nate Dahl, let's start with you. What's your reaction? What, what's your sense on, on, um, you know, how this is going to go and whether or not it's something that will really be a, a revelation to us? Well, first of all, I think it's going to be great. Oh, okay. There are two things that are noticeable. And I will do the smaller one first. I mean, for me, the, the, the thing that is so exciting, and I know we're going to maybe talk about the new PGA Tour Live, but the thing that is really undercovered in golf is what you guys just talked about, which is the grinders. And the guys who are battling to just feed their families and just make the cut. We never get that yeah. incredible drama of the Wyndham when guys are just trying to stay in the top 125 to, to, to exist or stay in the top 200 so that they don't lose their card completely and have to go back to Q school. There's some real drama in those moments that is unlike any other sport on the planet that I hope they find a way to integrate because it yeah. looks like they made deals with a bunch of big stars. That gets me to the second point, which is, yes, everybody's in, but there are two noticeable absences here. And it's Bryson and it's Phil, and it speaks to these fissures that we started to see in the tour in 2021 as, you know, we've got the impending Saudi event, and we know that uh, a lot of people requested, you know, a waiver to be able to go over and play that. There was some question given, given the financial backers as to whether that was going to be okay. But not having Bryson and Phil, who are you know, I don't know if you've watched Bryson's Instagram and YouTube lately, but holy shit, we'll do a separate yeah. pod on what's going on there. It, you're starting to see the haves, the have-nots, and then the, the coalition of the willing and maybe the rebel alliance, however you want to characterize it to get to Star Wars terms, of people maybe breaking off and wanting control of their own brand, wanting to, to try to fully monetize what they see as their value. That's the subtle, interesting undertone to this that, that I saw. Did you guys see Bryson throw Harry Higgs under the bus for not being famous? Dude. Did you guys see this quote? Let, let do, share it for, for, for all the FR listeners. He just said, there's a lot. So Bryson, this is, he's outlining in the middle of it why he wasn't going to be on the show. And then he said, there's just a lot of great people out there. If I was to go there, yeah, it would be cool to see. But I feel like there's more interesting stories. Harry Higgs, numerous others. Like, I, I, I don't want, here is the quote. I don't want to take the light away from them for their potential to grow themselves in a manner that's unique to them where they're already pretty far behind. <laughs> I mean, it's very on brand for Bryson, right? But, uh, but why Harry, why Harry, why is he thinking he's laser focused? He's saying, I'm so much more famous than Harry Higgs. No, but he thought that was a compliment. That. I agree. I think he thought that was a compliment. He thought it Kev. was a compliment. This is where the intentions are never that bad. It's the execution. I mean, he's got like the dude version of the Sway House, ha golf Sway House happening on his Instagram now. And I think he really believes that he's building his own brand. He's going to create a content company. That's what they're doing. And he doesn't want, it's, it's quite the opposite though. It's that he doesn't want to share money with right. Harry Higgs. 
He's happy to share the spotlight of this, but he doesn't want to share the money of this. The guys who are thinking about breaking off don't want to share the money with Harry Higgs because they know if they can just get Kapalua week in and week out, a bunch of people are going to watch it when there's only 27 guys in the field. Well, and I I will say this. He is a one of one. He he proved he, he you know the proof of concept was was all of last year in terms of the his magnetism. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 draw that he represents, the interest and um it was Donkey really circus. It was really confirmed to me when he went and competed, genuinely competed in the World Long Drive Championships. Yes. Yep. You know, right after uh, the, the Ryder Cup and he went after it and he was successful and yes. it was very compelling television. Yeah. I was into it. I There's no circumstances under which I would otherwise watch, like make a, a you know, an appointment on my calendar to watch the World Golf Championships. I think they're fun and I appreciate seeing the guys and all and the, and the shtick is funny, all that stuff. But Bryson is a major winner out there hammering away with the Hammer Bros, the best in the world. It was effing compelling. Are you and into his YouTube channel? I, I, you know, I can only go so far with, with Bryson. <laughs> I, 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 I follow him on the Instagram. I it's pay attention a, a little bit to the Twitter. It's just too much. It's, it's too a much. lot. Yeah. Anyway, so um, it, it, it is like very interesting in that respect. But though. he's doing it, man. Uh, he is. He, he's a content machine. But I also think Netflix can be can create more people who are as famous. I mean, I know the Harry Higgs thing is a joke, but like there are people, Daniel Ricardo, who is a massive star in America. There are ringer people who've never seen a Formula One race who ask me what the deal with Daniel Ricardo is. Yeah. The reason being, I don't know if you guys know this. So Ferrari and Mercedes did not participate in the first season of Drive to Survive. So they could not have Max Verstappen and they could not have Lewis Hamilton on their show. OK, there was just B-roll. In their their strategy was to pretend those guys didn't exist and say, you know, who's actually the star, the good looking Australian who takes the shirt off on his farm. That's the superstar. And it worked. And there are all sorts of people who would never, ever, ever care about, um, you know, Alpine's diffuser or, or you know, what dirty right. air is and how they're changing it this year with the aero regulations. Now there are people I know who are all in on this stuff because they got in because Daniel Ricardo had his shirt off on the farm. Okay. That's where it starts. And so it really is a lot of, I remember when I wrote about formula one, the show last year, um, I, I, my editor, Connor Evans was, was talking about it and he was like, it sounds, it sounds like you're talking about sports selling sunset. And I said, yes, that's exactly what it is, right? Like it's just popcorn. And so I think that one thing I want to make clear to, to golfer, golf, hardcore golfers is that there will be things that you hate. There will be th right. things that you think are fabricated, okay? Because that's just the way Formula One fans view it. Um, but it's in service of, of real drama. And okay, we got this. Does the model the apply? Can you make Xerox copies of the formula so and pass it through sports? That's, that's what I was going to get to. I've asked people about this in content, but whether or not golf would work. Part of the problem is the pettiness between the two drivers who have the same car. There is real built-in animosity between those two people. And a Bryson lot of and times- Brooks. Bryson and Brooks. Yeah. But a lot of times you get some of the best drama. I mean, my favorite episode last year of Drive to Survive was Valtteri Bottas, the uh, second Mercedes driver, basically admitting that he hates everything, that, that Lewis Hamilton overshadows him and he hates it, and that he reads internet comments and then he literally will just be on the verge of tears because of a mean Instagram comment. It was so real and it was so raw. And that 
is so the PGA Tour has given up uh, editorial control, but the players have to give up some vulnerability, yeah. and that's the second part. And I think that because there's such a a nakedness in Formula One because of, of the teammate thing, because of you have a team principal saying this guy's not good enough it happens all the time. There's no, I mean, unless they get the swing coaches saying this guy sucks, uh, it's it, it's going to be hard to to replicate the exact model, Nate. Well, I I wonder how much of you know the incentive with the pip that you know it has yeah. um, some 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 guys that otherwise might not have engaged on social media out kind of showing sides of themselves, yeah. a sense of humor, you know, guys like Kevin Joel Na. Damon, Mike, Max Homa, Ke maybe <laughs> Kevin Na, right? Uh, Jim Thunderous Herman, dunk. obviously, like, you know, guys, and, and we will say for another episode in its entirety um, how the PGA Tour ought to fix the PIP because they have bungled it, as you would expect, by, you know, keeping it one through ten and, you know, not not, not creating – um, a way to maximize it and have fan engagement and have, you know, more, more player engagement. But and they that's pissed a, off Morikawa. Never a good idea for the best so, ball striker so, in the world. So dumb. Like the idea that there's a difference between 10 and 11 on, on this stupid list and that they don't have enough money to, to yeah. share with enough guys and to they have started it somewhere though, really become participatory. Yes, exactly. They did start somewhere. And I think they showed it has revealed interesting storylines it's interesting personalities and that's yeah. why i think there's a reasonable hope that this show has a has a decent chance at success right i think I, I so. think it does good i think it does okay they're also launching a tennis show by the way well so that, I, I, that's their only that. competition is being that more in the tennis show is big brother with Djokovic stuck in an yeah, Australian I was say, holding hey, cell. Hey, listen, if, if Netflix is with Djokovic, the, the tennis show has an early lead, okay? <laughs> well, speaking of shows that have an early lead, we have what I regard as a potential sea change in consumption of the PGA Tour for golf nuts, nerds, gamblers like ourselves, and that is the arrival of ESPN+. Plus. As the streaming service, the, uh, the, the, the primary way of consuming just a Thursday afternoon, regular day on tour and getting quality content, the kind of content that we crave and desire as, as fans and degenerates and, you know, a professional grade presentation of the tour. It feels like ESPN on the scene is bringing some adults in the room here, um, Mr. Nate Dog, I'll start with you. Do you do you have the same high hopes as I do? Do you think that there's a chance for this to work out better than what we've had before? Well, I mean, you and me with our iPhones and Bryson's content crew could probably do better than what we had before. <laughs> Look, I, I wish it would start with the PGA Tour app, which just it continues to be a blight on an otherwise like wonderful game and should incorporate all of the wonderful visual components of the sport and the math and the angles. And it just still struggles to do that. And it's frustrating. That said on the telecast side, I want a cut cam. If you give me a cut cam with this thing, I'm going to watch mm -hmm. it. The featured group should be who is fighting to make the goddamn cut. in the after like this should, it is great drama and we should watch it. We should know like the year-to-date earnings of the guys who have to make a par or a birdie to make the cut. We should know all these things. We should be able to bet them live. And if yep. they can accomplish that with more resources, I'm all in. That's what I want. 
Yeah, Nate, you're channeling your inner Pat Mayo. Pat Mayo has been yeah. arguing for years on this podcast and his own that there should be a red zone-like version on Friday afternoons where a, a host, and, and Mayo himself has volunteered to be that host, sitting in a studio monitoring this and creating genuine drama on a weekly basis for us fans of the game and, and, and degenerates. Uh, uh, Kev, I mean, come on. It's got to be Mayo, right? Oh, it has to be Mayo. And not to quote Pat Mayo in two, two consecutive answers here. I was listening to him the other day, and he was talking about gambling and, and their type of gambling, which is our type of gambling, which is mostly for entertainment. We're not trying to make a living here. And he basically said that the, the real golf gamblers bet top 20s and they bet head-to-heads, which not a lot of people in our end of the pool do, right? We, we bet wins, we bet top fives. Yeah. But the more customized options you get on TV, the more this is like Candyland, right? Like if you could get anybody to make the cut and you're doing cut sweats and you're saying, you know what, Harry Higgs, I bet you to make the cut. I got some buddies on, 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 you know, Bay Hill Friday and we're just going to drink some beer and, and see if, if Harry Higgs can make the cut. That's drama. And I think the lack of a, a um, controlling your own destiny is really frustrating right now. I, I, yes. I watched two things. I watched two things at all. Like unless there's a live sporting event, I watch the golf channel and PJ live. And I watch the ACC network in case there's Miami stuff on. Okay. Those are the only two things I watch. And I have never looked up and said, like, I, I'm just on PGA Live and said, I'm seeing exactly what I need to see. Right. You know who Harry Higgs is playing with this week at the Amex? Tell me. Pat Perez. That's going to be the party duo. It's going to be those two guys and some big corporate guys who wanted to play with the party guys. Give me the, give me the Pat Perez, Harry Higgs channel. I will go there for every commercial break on other channels, if not for the whole Thursday, Friday. Like, it's going to be a party over there. So we're, we're going really there, optimistic. Nate. Yeah, Nate, you can go. Oh, you if you think I'm not going. You can be a party guy. If you think I'm not going, you're crazy. Yeah, we need Mark Hubbard to get in there. I won't root for any, Let me anything tell you to befall anybody. but It's going to be very funny when Nate's brother gets in and he still goes with the party group. Oh, I will be. <laughs> A thousand percent. What else listen, would he do? Listen, last year he did the snail here. Who cares? Let's go see Pat Perez and Harry Higgs do the worm as they go <laughs> up the, the third fairway. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's do a quick bit on, you know, what we anticipate in terms of how 2022 might play out across uh, some of the big games. And then we will talk about this American Express tournament um, out in Palm Springs. So, you know, it, it is our our... Uh, opportunity for some wild speculation, some wild conjecture. Um, I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity to do any um, any any betting on majors already. I I have placed some masters bets already, but let let's start with something that is kind of a a, a custom of ours. We take a look at some guys who might have been on a what feels like to us a little bit of a a major drought, um, and these guys are on at various stages of the major drought. I want to compare across Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, and Justin Thomas. That's the foursome that I've pulled together. Which of those four guys is the next to win a major championship? Kevin Clark. Okay. So I actually gamed this out. The answer is Justin Thomas. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, yeah. it is. But yeah. only because... He's going to win before Brooks Kepka wins the British Open. Oh. Whoa. Interesting. Now, which tournament do you have JT penciled in for? Uh, Justin Thomas is going to win the Masters. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's pretty strong. It's pretty he's got bones on the bag. Now let me hear your thesis. Um, I, I think he's he's consistent. I think he's left majors on the board before. Um, I think that there are so many guys. I mean, we talked about that. There's an expanding list of guys who should win every tournament. Justin Thomas is absolutely on that list. And you know, listen, there's a, there's a second cut. There's guys like Xander Shoffley. There's guys you can make the case for here. But I actually think in, 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 in the majors, this is going to be not a year of chalk, but a year of dominance and a year of guys who win because they're supposed to. We, we joked about the end of the long shot earlier. In majors, it is. It is the end of the long shot. And this is... Remember, I remember those years where it was just like anybody could win these. Oh man, this guy Michael Campbell's winning the major by four strokes. He's really going to walk shit, away with this. Beam. It's over. It that's <laughs> over, man. Like yeah. now, it's Xander Shoffley and and JT are running away with this, and whoever puts better on Sunday is going to win. That's how golf works right now, and I just love JT at Augusta this year. I'm in. Nate, it sounds like you're on the same uh, wavelength I, as, I, as Kev. I am. I mean, Thomas has won. 10 more times than Xander Shoffley. That's more times than Hideki or Bryson have won. He is the best player 
sitting at one major, and he has spoken openly about how hard it is to get the second one, how he thought that last year was a failure. You know, I think the departure and the change from Jimmy to Bones is a good thing. It is time because, by the way, if it doesn't happen this year, that pot's about to boil. And we're going to see we're going to see major uh, meltdowns, the wrong word. But like Justin Thomas is a competitive guy. He's fiery. He drives himself. He had a tough, you know, this time last year, he was in trouble for things that he said and got caught on a hot mic for. And it took him the better part of a year to recover. He has zero excuse at this point, but he knows it. He owns it. I think he's been laser focused on it. The rest was good for him. And, you know, this is a guy who, who is way overdue to win one or two this year. As we've talked about, though, the rest of the list are all people who can do it, too. So uh, Justin Thomas is sneaky, one of the most interesting storylines of 2022 for me. Yeah, I, I love it my own self. Um, you know, the the presumption for JT to win means he's beaten both John Rahm and Colin Morikawa. Incredible. Yes. And, and you know, one of the rules for 2022 that I, Joe House, will be playing this entire season is any tournament that Colin Morikawa or Victor Hovland are in, I'm betting on them to win. I'm going to just bet. Every single tournament they play in, I'm going to put something on each of those two guys to win because I like the the odds. It will pay off at some point for those two. Now, the quick, quick corollary, and and there are no – I don't know if we could get FanDuel to write – write this prop up for us or not. We can we can discuss it with them. We can ask. John Rahm to win the Grand Slam. John Rahm to win the Grand Slam. He finished inside the top ten of all four majors last year, gentlemen. But nobody has ever come in second in weirder fucking ways than John Rahm, right? It happened at the Memorial. It happened just, I mean, last week he was absolutely incredible and came in second to Camp Smith and Kapalua. He was amazing, amazing in the Ryder Cup. He lost. He was amazing in the FedEx Cup and Cantlay took it from him. This guy has a weird penchant for not winning. And I know Tiger always said Jack finished second 18 times, however many times. And that's what you got to do. Rom's putting himself in those positions. I just think the luck of his draw is three out of four might happen. But one of those times, you know, Cam Smith is going to shoot 40 under at Augusta. Rom's going to break the scoring record. Look at Hideki last year. Hideki went and stole that thing on about seven holes. Because Because of a rain delay. He went out and played it at its softest moment, beat everybody's ass during that time. And and that's how good good these guys are. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we we've touched a little bit on, uh, you know, the the Rory Jordan Brooks JT crew. Uh, let's do quickly DJ Xander and and Bryson. What are your expectations for those three guys? Why don't we Why don't we rank them? Who's going to have between Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson? Who's your one, your two, and your three? Nate Dog, you get to go first. I mean, I I I think it's Bryson. I think he's yeah. working super hard at the game. I think as long as his uh, mental focus is there and that he doesn't become a TikToker, uh, the the guy, you know, <laughs> he can I'm do wor- both. Yeah, I'm worried about the greens books for sure, but I think the rest is good for him, and uh, I think he's going to play incredibly well this year. He has a chance to sort of become truly transcendent this year as a golfer. Whether he steps into it or not, you know, we'll see. But uh, but he's certainly going to be uh, his star is continuing to rise. I think it's Bryson. Kev, let's hear. It. I'm going. I'm going. Xander, Bryson, DJ, and um, oh, and and what tips it? That's interesting to me. 
So what tips it? First of all, Xander, as we talked about, is in this, this group of guys who is good at everything. Um, he's already had, uh, what he's, he was 12th uh, at the tournament of champions. So he's already, you know, he's already moving towards it. Um, the reason when Nathan says, as long as his mental, as long as Bryson's mental focus, yeah, that's is a there, big assumption. As long it. as he doesn't become a TikToker. <laughs> like, Other than that, he Ms. literally Lincoln said that, that was his, Oh, as long, as long as he doesn't become a TikToker. Like that to me is such a looming threat. That that Bryson DeChambeau just has a year where he's just completely off the reservation. I don't think Xander is like that. He's got Xander's got the ogre, his dad on lock. He's just right there chomping on a cigar. He's not gonna let him. If, if Xander tries to sign up for TikTok, the ogre's throwing his 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 phone in a reflecting pool. Okay, it's not gonna happen. He's gonna focus. So I think they're both. I think the world of them is golfers. Um, I think Xander, for someone who hasn't won probably as much as he thinks, even though he's had a great career. Um, I think Xander wants to be on that that top, top, top tier, and he's going to get there. He so trails all of his peers. If and that yes, doesn't make him hungry, I don't the, know what does. The, what, what makes it super interesting to me with, with Xander versus Bryson is um, I always worry about an injury risk with Bryson because yeah. of, of what he's doing physically. You know, it just feels like that's always a looming. And the weight thing. Is he gaining or losing weight at any given time? Yeah. I yeah, don't know, man. Yeah, That's we, a we little don't weird. Know. He had the doctor it, fixing his wrist on Instagram, and he thinks it's funny. Wait till it's his knee. It's not, you know, yeah. It it is funny that none of us think DJ um, is there, and it it is always it's been our experience over the last decade that anytime you sort of count DJ out or lose punches you track of DJ, it's like. Oh, right there. That's that he guy. He won who, the Masters 15 months ago. Yes. Right. Yes. That guy. That's right. So uh, I don't have an answer. I'm going to root um, for Xander. I yes. really want him to get over hitting that ball in the water on 16 in last year's Masters. Sucked. Hurt my feelings. Um, so I want him it's to like write Spieth's, that wrong. Spieth's shot on 12 or entire shot set of shots on 12. It, it was a bad one. Last year, Shelfie was in the top 50 in every single metric in strokes game, every single metric. And there's only like 10 of those guys, and, and most of them have won far more than, than he has, um, or at least have competed far more than he has. So he, he as, as Nathan said, among his peers, among the guys that he's in, the, in the, that, that end of the pool, he has to win more, and I think he's locked in on it. Seamus Power it. is a top 50 player in the world at this point, so top 50 might not be the right comparison. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> no, I just mean don't, good at don't. Yeah, don't slander Seamus Listen, Power. Seamus Power, Seamus Power is the guy who should be in the show. He's flailing miserably in the Corn Ferry Tour finals three years ago, and here he is top 50 in the world. I mean, he's approaching HOMA-level last-second shot to turn around career success. Over the last two years, Bryson DeChambeau, Bryson DeChambeau is not top 50 in every metric because he's not in a top 100 around the green and not in a top uh, 60 on approach. Oof. So there you go. Seamus Power vindicated. Wow, not top 60 on approach? Over the last two years in True Strokes Gain, according to our friends at uh, Data Golf, he's 65th. They're, That's they're, surprising. Well, we, we, we've hit on some, some breakout notions. Let's talk about 2022 genuine like rookie breakout candidates. I sent you guys a list of names. I don't know if you agree yeah. with the names or not. Um, I will let you, Kevin Clark, go first, uh, and we can share the names or not. You, 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 you let us know how you're feeling about this list of candidates uh, for, for potential breakouts. I'm going with Mito first. 
I mean, he was the first player in five years to earn the three victory promotion from Corn Ferry. He wins. Like we saw this was Al Torres already. If you win down there and you dominate down there, you're going to play really well up here. And I think Zal Torres probably skewed our notion of what a breakout rookie looks like, even though he faded a little bit down the stretch. Uh, Mito has that kind of game. If you just look at how his ability to win, winning is important. I love Mito. Uh, my, my head, my head hears that a little bit. I've just seen Mito wither on the big tour a few too many times since he got called up. He he, he sort of has gotten himself into position and then not played great. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Hayden Buckley right now. He seems to be playing the best of the Corn Ferry Tour grads. He's 38th in the FedEx Cup, had a good week in Hawaii last week. I'm not sure that there's anybody who got a promotion last year who's setting the world on fire. I have a lot of hope for Grayson Sig, and I think through the course of the year, he's going to pick it up because he's just tough. He's he's a grinder. But look, my heart says it's this guy, James Hart Dupree's, the six foot 10, <laughs> 300 pound South African who's, who's averaged 373 yards off the tour, hits at 400 yards. He's an absolute unit. He's playing his first uh, PGA event on a sponsor exemption in Palm Springs this weekend. That's the guy I want to be kicking ass. I, I, I love it. So, Nate, uh, uh, for the benefit of everybody out there, the other names that we had uh, on our list, uh, Sahit T- T- Tigala. Uh, Great uh, player. Yep. Out of Pepperdine. Yep. Taylor, Taylor Pendrith, the Canadian kid. Um, and Rosemar, I'm going to botch this. I yeah, Somebody help me out. Rasmus Hogard. You got How's it. How's that? You Rasmus Hogard. He and his brother went back to back. They're mm-hmm. from Norway. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yes. Norwegians on the Euro tour and he'll be playing some US events. A little bit of that Garrick Higo, uh Higo from South Africa kind of vibe. Victor I will think. have none of it. Hovland will yeah, have I, none I, of I, another. I'm gonna movie. ask, I'm gonna ask a question. Scandinavian golf. Obviously Stenson's a different generation. How are these guys getting the rounds? Because I was told you have to move to to South Florida to That's even what happened. play in America. Victor went move, to Oklahoma all... State. Yeah, but he was still really good by the time he was 18. Look, you get a lot of field chipping off ice. The, the, the stint meter is like 25 on ice. Do they all have track mans? I don't know. It's, it, it, it's got to be. We'll, we'll ask Victor when he comes on. What that was the secret, are, the secret when doing. Iceland started getting good at soccer, the secret was they built them domes. <laughs> we'll, we'll practice domes. We're going to find we, the Norwegian golf domes. It'll be good. We can talk about this in the context of the President's Cup, which is being competed this year at Quail Hollow. Now, I I just want to note it um, because we've talked earlier about the fact that we have team events now every year. They're they're prominent and they're interesting. And a lot of folks speculated after the Ryder Cup beatdown that the U.S. put on the Euros that the international competition of the President's Cup could be more compelling, more interesting because of the diversity of, of golfers um, and, and, you know, the, the strength of the international community, mainly coming from, um, Australia and, and uh, a little bit of South Africa as, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, this I don't want a scarier team than the Ryder cup. We're going to be, t- yeah, I, I, I think so. So, um, at the, at the moment, I think, you know, the, the team would look like Louis Oosthuizen, Abe Anser, Hideki. Cameron Smith, like speaking of two guys, you know, yeah. Sung Jay, who is going to definitely win this year. Joaquin yep. Neiman, who's knocking on the door. Corey Connors. I have an interest in him this week. Mackenzie Hughes from Canada. Lucas um, Herbert. I think that's yeah. how you say it. He's another yeah. Australian. Yeah. 
Adam Scott, uh, Minwoo Lee, and and Carlos Ortiz. But those last two guys, you know, there's there's uh, Eric Van Royen. Are, yeah, don't rule the out hoop. the Beezer, Christian Bazudenhut. Bazudenhut, yes, exactly. Like a whole bunch of guys. Um, we we want to get a little bit in on this Amex See, tournament, woo! but but uh, Kev, what what? How are you sizing up? You know the way that this Presidents Cup situation might go down in September. I'm worried about it. Um, I mean, that's a deep team. And and I think that it, it's good. I mean, I, I love these team events because I also think it helps American golf um, t- because we play double the uh, the events. Right. Um, yeah. and, and we get those those big reps. Um, I still think that the, just the talent, and the depth of American golf, uh, it, it makes us the favorite in every international event going forward. I know it's a scary thing to say, especially in the Ryder Cup. We've seen this movie, especially before. when they don't have John Rahm. Yeah. Um, and so I think that I like us, um, but it's that that's a deep team to to kind of rival America's depth. Yeah. The the only thing that feels like, um, you know, is we have the home cooking. It's on our it's at Quail Hollow, which is a big ballpark. And our boys will be smashing it all over the place. So that in that respect. Uh, but we'll we'll see over the course of this year how how it plays out, because, you know, the top three golfers in the world could end up being um, non-Americans by the time we get around there. Why is John... Jason Day not on your list? Because he's, is he in the top, <laughs> top 100? He needs to make it the top 100 of the OWGR first, doesn't he? Oh, my God. He's playing with Rose this week. It's good. That's a head-to-head. You have to bet. Well, that's, that's a wonderful segue. So let's go ahead and talk about Palm Springs. The California swing begins this week with the American Express. Uh, Three-course rotation is back. The amateurs are, are, are back in the mix. So we're talking about seven-hour rounds. It's going to be on television, um, ESPN Plus, I believe, uh, plus the Golf Channel. This week, um, we have the uh, PGA West Nicholas Tournament um, course, and then they're putting the La Quinta Country Club back on there, which was the yeah. easiest course on Super tour easy. in 2020. And, you know, these guys go out and the worst score over the last, you know, half decade of, of winners was Huddy, Hudson Swafford in 2017. At 20 under. Um, Steve Wu last year won at 23 under. Andrew Landry at 26 under in 2020, Adam Long at 26 under in 2019. So those are three names that are not like top of the list in terms of, you know, the quality of um, guys that we're anticipating that the, it's a good field um, better than, than, than we've had um, in years past eight guys in the top 30 in the world it speaks to how worried people are about getting their FedEx cut points early this year so they can manage mm-hmm. their rest. This is this is the manifestation of of the the year round season. A lot of better guys playing these events. But so Pebble's going to be a ghost town. Just get ready. Well, that's because of the Saudi thing, and we it's can just talk about be a that. Ghost town. When, when we get there, can we get um, in? Yes. Play? Yes. They need <laughs> well, people. Let let let's bodies? at least go up there. Um, Nate, dog, uh, you sound like you're going. So give us a couple names that you're going to be particularly interested in this coming weekend. Yeah, the the first thing to just double click on and remind people of is that La Quinta is the easiest damn course and people slay that thing. So if you're looking at day-to-day betting, if you're tracking your fantasy through the course, pay attention to what courses they're on. Nicholas is tough. Stadium is tough. La Quinta is easy. 
and it probably goes in that in that order of of difficulty depending on whether there's wind. But but you, you can get some advantage if you pay attention to the fact that La Quinta is easy. You asked about names. I'm all about momentum plays uh, this week. You know, Russell Knox was T7 last week. He's also fifth in cumulative birdies at Amex over the past three years. Cam Davis and Taylor Gooch, they both finished T27, but they both are up there in best uh, cumulative scores over the past three years. Davis shot a 70 on Sunday, but he'd shot four under each day going into it. Gooch only shot 69. That was one over or excuse me, one under. But those guys are, they routinely play this course super well. And then it sounds like a man after your heart, uh, Joe House, is Michael Thompson, who he was he fifth. Sure is. He was fifth here last year, and he finished fifth last week in Hawaii. Michael Thompson peaks once a year, and we are seeing it, and you need to jump on it. Kev, you, you that, that gave you, you, gotta, you enjoyed this, that Michael Thompson uh, uh uh, support. I just didn't what, see it coming. <laughs> now, you, Nate knew I had him on the card. I mean, look, but, Kev, before you dive, I mean, the one thing I'll say is pay attention to the pairings too, because they're twosomes with a bunch of, you know, rich guys playing golf out there. And, and, in, and they play for three days because there's a Saturday cut. So only, you know, only the guys who are, who are uh, above the cut line, they get to play three rounds before they go. So it means that the initial pairings matter. So Higgs and Pat Perez, like we talked about, interesting. Siwoo, defending champ, they stuck with the old maid, Patrick Reed. You know, so, but Rom and Finau are friends who are playing together. You got to pay attention to that too. I don't know, Kevin. I, I, think, I think this is one of the only tournaments where the first round pairing really, really matters because they have to stick together for three days. All right, yeah, well, right, because the cut is, is after 54 holes to right. accommodate all the amateur donkeys. Kev, let's hear a couple names that you're looking at. Okay, so listen. I can't say this is the year of dominance and then give you a bunch of of Mr. Chaw. Okay. So obviously, I as you said, I'm taking Rom in every tournament until he doesn't he doesn't win something. Okay. Having said that, let me tell you who's gonna win this golf tournament. Okay. okay. Because this is gonna be the story of the year in 2022. Even Whoa. though he's not gonna win a major, this is what we're gonna be talking about in at the end of 2022. Non Tiger Division, non whatever. The person who's going to win this golf tournament, or at least give it a run, is me, Matthew Wolf. Because yeah, Matthew Wolf is going to be back this okay. year. Yes. You know what? Let me, let, me, let me unsoften that take. Matthew Wolf's going to win this golf tournament. Let's do this. Let's give okay. it a run. Let's start the bandwagon right now. Matthew Wolf, comeback player of the year in 2022. It Scoring looked like he was going to take over the freaking sport a couple of years ago. He got off track. Um, he obviously uh, had, to, had to kind of reset his life, reset his game. He's done so. He hasn't played since Houston in, in November, if I'm not mistaken. He resets it effectively. He's ready to rock. He wins this golf tournament. Big course. Wow. Let's do this. So that means he beats both John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay this week. Hey, you can't be the story of the year without winning big tournaments over big guys. Well, we have a guy. There's a guy on my list um, that is is you know one of those those names that everybody's you know looking at and waiting for him to break through with his first win on tour, and he fits the, this class. He is a a, a, a Ryder Cup, the last Ryder Cup appointee, and that's Scotty Scheffler, mm -hmm. who has indeed in this wraparound season some very good uh, starts, three top five finishes. 
and finished third at this very event two years ago. So he has a little bit of, of, of familiarity with that California vibe. He's ready to, to rock out a little Palm Springs action. And he certainly has, has the class, what we saw him do in the Ryder Cup, um, in the head-to-head, taking down John Rahm. Look, so if, 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 if it's Sunday and he's paired with John Rahm, I, I like his odds. And the other guy that I'm eyeballing because I like the, the, the form is uh, Corey Connors, the Canadian. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, two rounds of 64 on his way to solo 11th last week uh, at the Sony. Now, one of the things we're doing this year here on Fairway Roll, and we're collaborating with our good pals at FanDuel, and each week looking for some combinations that will help everybody with a little return on, on investment. And what we've done this week, our very first, uh, uh, we want to get out of the shoot fast. We want to get out of the shoot with everybody putting some coin in their pocket. We are We are pairing up. Scotty Scheffler and Corey Connors together. We're, we're doing a top 20 parlay. So, and, and both of them have to finish inside the top 20. What are the normal um, odds on that? The normal odds would be plus 270. FanDuel's already boosted that up to plus 330 for us and, wow. and, and all our, our friends out there. Better than three to one odds, and dead heat rules do not apply. So, that means you don't have to slice up your winnings. If there's a bunch of ties, all they have to do. So if, if they both tie for top 20, you win. You It's a flat-out winner, this parlay. It cashes at $100 cent dollars plus 330 for the combo of Corey Connors and Scotty Scheffler to both finish top 20. That feels attainable. Do you, don't, don't you agree, Kevin? Doesn't that feel attainable? Absolutely it feels attainable. I love both yeah, those so- guys. Right. Who doesn't love both those guys? Scheffler's so playing and- with Cantlay. He's going to be pushed. In a good way. I like teammates, it. Teammates, Ryder Cup teammates. Very comfortable. I like it. Yeah, there we go. Okay, any other thoughts this week on the on the Amex, gentlemen? Yeah, I mean. Just wish I could be out there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sung Jay always competes here. Yeah. In, in Hawaii, Rom was second. Sung Jay was eighth. Rom beat him by nine strokes. So. To me, it, to me, I love having Rom and Cantley in this because I really think this year is about the two of those guys. Rom is the best player in the world. It, Morikawa is incredible, but I want to see if the beast was unleashed through the FedEx victory last year, and if Patrick Cantley is going to be the man that he really was set up to be starting in 2013 before his injury, and it appeared he was finally stepping into at the end of last year. These two guys are horses and they're both in this tournament well what one of the things and i'll let this be the the parting shot um that i was very encouraged about when it comes to john rom is his clothes fit he looked he looked the part in hawaii now he you know he i i i very much Uh i'm I'm a huge fan of the travis matthew no no well not for me i'm just being like there was a proportion problem. It felt like too many times. He looked like a, a a nurse's assistant too many times out there. I feel like they've ironed some stuff out. He had on some all black stuff that was that was sharp. It it hit him in the right place proportional proportionality wise. Kevin, do you disagree with this? Um, no, I I can. <laughs> oh boy, it oh, sounds boy. like you do. He I, loved I the he Nike shirts at the at the open last year. He wore a Nike shirt to the Columbia uh, Country Clubs where we played together. Yeah. Hey, who won? <laughs> he, he was he did what he was the medalist of the day. Kevin Van Valkenburg and I and, and Danny Heifetz, we have some some uh, 
you know, redemption in front of us. We ha- we're going to have to do better in 2022. All of us are going to have to do better in 2022. But I like that John Rahm has already, at least to me, to my eye, done a little bit better with his wardrobe. Fellas, we've done it. The season premiere is in the books. I think we've given out some winners. I hope everybody get on this bet the house. Plus 330 for the Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, top 20 combo. We're going to be doing this all year long. We're going to be doing fairway rolling all year long. Kev, Nate, thank you guys so much. That will do it. My birdie buddies. Let's hit it straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.